Welcome to EndTheBible.com, where we tell everyone the truth about God's Word, expose the devil for the lies he tells, and mentor individuals one-on-one in a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Stay tuned for today's special Bible session on EndTheBible.com. Today, we're going to talk about a session that has everything to do with the leadership of the church. Yes, that is our pastors. We are going to understand who is called and who is not. Remember, the Bible specifically speaks about the qualification for those who will lead the congregation. This is nothing for us to be looking around and wondering. This was told to us over 2,000 years ago. We all know that our greatest example was Jesus. And he was our senior pastor. Now, we need to make sure that if we step into the wrong, that we truly, truly know that this is what God is calling us to do. One thing we need to know about every single pastor that's out there is that they are above reproach. And if you want to follow along with me and understand what the Bible is saying, I'm coming from the easy standard version. In Titus 1 and 6, it says, If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to charge of debauchery or insubordination. All right, those are some big words. They are. They're very big. But they're not hard to understand. And that is what we were debauchery. What does the Bible say? Well, let's not even go in there and say what the Bible says. Let's look at our regular definition that's given to us by our dictionaries. What is it? What is the word debauchery? And that is excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures. Excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures. So they are liking everything. They're loving on everything. They are into it, and they're not stopping. This is something that they live by. And it says that this pastor, their children shouldn't be that way. It's just, it's what he's saying. We all know what insubordination is. Insubordination is just simply you're not listening to what's being told to you or what's being requested of you to do. In 1 Timothy 3 and 2, the Easy Standard Version, it says, Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and able to teach. That's what the Lord is saying about being above reproach. This is a very overarching type of characteristics that are put out there. You are going to find a lot of examples that's out there. 
Living a life above reproach is the first requirement, is what the Lord is saying. If we pursue this out of 1 Peter, we find 17 qualifications of an elder who's above reproach. Just 17. And we look at a pastor must be devoted to his wife, one woman, a man. The pastor's marriage should illustrate exactly what Christ is doing to the church, you know, because that was the representation of Christ himself. Because we, the church, was the was the bride to the Lord. A pastor must love his wife exclusively. It's not he has a concubine. It's not that he has a mistress. It's not that he has two or three other women on the side. No, she is his heart. She loves him. He loves her. He is going to make sure her emotions and the way she is treated is taken care of. That she feels very, very well taken care of by the people of God that she's around. You know, we, we make lots and lots of jokes about it when we talk about PK kids and things of that nature. And for y'all who don't know what a PK kid is, it's basically somebody who was born and raised up in the church and their family, more so their dad or mom, was always serving the church. Okay, so we got to look at some of these pastor's children because that's the other example that the Lord put out there for us to understand about pastors. It said a pastor's child must be in submission. That means your child cannot be running around here doing everything and anything and under the sun and really not wanting to listen to instruction. We see this in Titus chapter 1, verse 6. And it said, If anyone is above reproach, the husband or wife, and his children are believers, and not open to the charge of debauchery of insubordination. So your children have also got to be believers, and not open to the charge of insubordination. It's just something that should not be happening. And if we want further understanding of what God is requesting of our children, of those who are leaders of our church, it says in 1 Timothy 3, chapter, I'm sorry, verses 4 and 5, he must manage his household well. So this pastor has had to have the way to manage his home with dignity, keeping his children submissive. That doesn't mean that you are iron rod, fisting your children and forcing them to do stuff. No, you're gentle and have a very, very nice spirit and allowing your children to understand that they need to be listening to what you're requesting of them. In verse 5, it says, if, if, any, if someone does not know how to manage his own household, he will... How will, we, how will he be able to take care of God's church? You got to be able to take care of God's church. And God is asking that if you can manage your house that you live at, then you can go ahead and you can take care of things that's going on at the church. 
pastor calls for the church starts in the home. You have got to be able to manage your home right. You've got to be able to lead like the Lord is asking, like he asked it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, and specific more towards the children. You're not supposed to provoke your children to anger. But you know, you bring them up. You do discipline them. But you discipline them with the instructions of the Lord. You make sure your child is not, uh, I can't do this and feel bad and look at God in a bad light. But know that God is protecting them and the things that you're requesting of them is not to hold them down or hold them back or make them hate the Lord, but to love the Lord and know that he is looking after them. And that's just in realizing some of the characteristics. One other characteristic is that the pastor is a faithful steward. Very faithful steward. He's an overseer and, and, and God's servant and is very much above reproach. He must not be arrogant at all or anyone that's very quick-tempered or drunk or violent or greedy. And yeah, I know we can talk about, well, we're trying to work on those things and, and that is what God understands about us. I get that. I understand that. But we don't want other individuals that may not be saved looking at us because we went off, we just got angry and upset, and then we wanted so much that we started to do things that were not of God, and people are starting to turn away. And Titus 1 and 7 is saying that that's not how the person that leads the home is supposed to be. This gentleman has got to be, this person has got to be quiet, got to be a great steward, got to manage well. That's what God is looking for. This person should be faithful. It's it is not just another office, but a functional title of the elder. It is what they do. They are a manager of God's resources, and they are taking care of the flock that God has put in front of them. But they don't own them. They're not saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. If God asked that person to go somewhere else and do something else, the pastor is not there to... Lord over them and never let them move on to the next area that God is telling them to do. And we have that confusion going on with pastors too. The members feel like they can't go to another congregation or they can't visit another church or they can't join another church because they are conflicted because the pastors made them feel like they can't be somewhere else and that they own them and that they have to be there. That's not how God put it. You're a great steward of the people and you're not lording over them to the point that they feel very condemned. Pastors must be very humble and not arrogant. A pastor must constantly demonstrate the gospel and they need to be able to be admitting when they have made a mistake. And that's to the person who made me cleaning up the church all the way up to the individual who may be on the same level. You have to be able to humble yourself and not be arrogant. If you do a child wrong, you need to be able to apologize. That is what God is asking of you as a pastor. If you have so much pride, you cannot, you might want to think about, is this what I need to be doing? Another characteristic is that the pastors are gentle. You're not quick-tempered. 
you're not upset. If we look in Timothy chapter 3 and 3, it says you're not drunken, you're not violent, but gentle, you're not quarrelsome, and you're not a lover of money. That doesn't mean that you don't need finances in order to run the ministry. That's not what I'm saying. You don't, it's not saying you don't need money in order to pay your bills, but you're not quarrelsome. You're not trying to cause fights. You're not trying to be greedy and you're not out there gambling and doing everything to get and get and get and get. That's not what God is asking of you. No man will be any use in the kingdom if they have a bad temper. None. If they're demonstrating anger, nobody's going to be really wanting to follow or listen to them. Um, you can't be angry or an abusive person at all. Now, we need to also know pastors must be sober, not drunken, which we've talked about this in several, several other scriptures. A pastor got to be peaceful, not violent. We just talked about that and him not being angry and things of that nature. A pastor is prone to inflict violence through their words. So we got to be careful with the things that we say when we are presenting to the people of God. A pastor should not be an individual who is trying to gain financial gain over the people when dealing with them. He's not, or she's not doing whatever they're doing in order to make the people not trust them financially. You should not be in a situation where they are accusing you of taking money. And if they do, then you need to be able to understand that God has got your back and that what you did was honest and truthful. Because you're supposed to be a very good steward over God, his finances, and his people. When it comes to being a pastor, we look, we see in Timothy 3 and 2, it says, therefore, an overseer must be above approach, the husband and wife, sober, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and able to teach. So that's where the hospitality comes in. Your home should be open to others to be able to have them come over and to enjoy it should always be a place of ministry for individuals to want to come and know who you are, speak to you on any level that God is asking. That pastor has to be someone with great integrity in all his relationships when he's dealing with others. And we talked earlier in another session about being holy because that's what God requires. But God is definitely requiring that of the pastor. And we see that in Titus chapter 1, verse 8, Easy Standard Version Bible. It says, but hospitable, lover of good, self-control, upright, holy, and disciplined. The light, his life is devoted wholeheartedly to Jesus externally and internally. The pastor must be able to also teach that word that is out there, dividing it rightly and saying what does said the Lord. All these qualifications are characters and qualities that God is requesting. They need to be able to open the Bible and teach us what the Lord is saying in season and out of season. This is only an ability based on requirement. 
It, you have to be able to teach sound doctrine and not just be able to communicate in, and you need to be able to communicate in a very excellent manner. Your teachings can be of one or two or twenty or hundred or a thousand or a million people. But whatever God's placed before you as a pastor, that word needs to come across clear. And there should be no misunderstanding of what the word is saying when it's delivered to the saints. Another great qualification of the pastor, the pastor must be spiritually mature. What do we mean by spiritually mature? Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6 and look at the easy standard version. That's 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 6. He must not be a recent convert. So this can't be a new person. They can't be all prideful and conceited. And, and they can't be an individual who about to fall into condemnation of the devil. The position of authority is without spiritual maturity leads to a trap of pride. We need to understand that you've got to be mature and walking in the Lord. Because we know that the Bible says... Pride will make you fall, and then destruction is going to set in. We need to remember that when pride grows in anybody, sin is knocking at the door. And that's just realizing that new people that are called to the ministry need to learn and get training up underneath a pastor. It should not be a situation where I just got saved on Sunday, and I'm preaching on Monday. You need to sit. You need to learn what the Lord has to say. A pastor is very respectable as well. In 1 Timothy 3 and 7, it says, Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace or into the snares of the devil. And that doesn't mean everybody going to like you. However, if they don't, let them not like you because you are a good and upright individual. But you must be respectable to the point that even the people who don't believe are saying, yeah, that's a good, that's a good person. That's a good man. That's a good woman. That person's character is good. It is great. It's, it's uprighteous. So we need to take time to make sure we're being very prayerful and knowing that God has called us into the ministry and that we line up with the qualifications that God has put out there. Last but not least, when it comes to being a pastor, a pastor must be an example to the flock. Leading, and that's the flock at the house, and that's the flock at the church as well. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 3, it says not domineering over those in your charge, but being an example to the flocks. So you're not rod iron fisting your people and making them feel uncomfortable as if they cannot do and think on their own, but they're gentle with you. Elders are examples of biblical expression sexually, with their time management, within their marriage, how they parent their children, the worship that they do, the relations that they have inside the church and outside the church. We need to know that as a pastor, if someone was to come up and talk about 
your pastor's name? What would be the thing said about your pastor? What would it be? Would it be honorable? Would Jesus be happy with the character your pastor was walking in? Are you ready to be in the position of a pastor? Do you line up with these qualifications? Remember, a pastor should be someone your son could pattern their life after. And the kind of person that your daughter will want to marry. That's what it comes down to. If any of those areas are missing, we have to ask ourselves, is, is this what God is calling me to? Is this really God or is this me? Is this man saying do it or is it God saying do it? So remember, don't overlook the areas at your household with your wife and your children. Definitely don't look over how you store things. And let's be reminded that our character must be one that individuals would look at and say, yeah, that person is pretty, 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 pretty quiet, but they manage very well. They're peaceful individuals. They are not greedy with their money. And if I was to come over their house, they're loving, they're kind, their door is open. You know, you, you love good things, not all these bad things. You're not trying to be controlling of your congregation or the people that God is giving you in your family. You are an upright person who lives very holy. And when it comes to being able to teach the Bible, you understand what the Lord is saying and know how to deliver it to the people. You're not someone who is just beginning to understand who God is. But you are someone who knows that it's time for you to sit, listen, and learn up underneath. And when God makes it clear for you to get up, you will get up. You're someone who's respectful to everyone, whether they're the person at the greeter station greeting everybody you're respectful to, or if they are sitting up in the elders' booth. You're not only respectful to the people in the congregation, but you're respectful to people outside the congregation as well. Remember, a pastor is an example to their congregation. And I leave you with this. For those who may not see these qualifications within your pastor, I ask the congregation to pray that those fruits be developed within your pastor. And that you are there to aid the pastor and not cause the pastor to fall or walk away. I say that doing this is what God has asked. And if we're not walking in what God asks, we need to question, is this what we should be doing? Am I praying for this pastor in the right way? So, Father, we do thank you and we do praise you for every pastor that's out there. And I pray, Lord, that they understand who God has called them to be. Because the harvest is ripe, but we don't have enough laborers out there. So we're asking God that you help the people understand their calling and walk in it. 
And those who see it, they walk with them with encouragement. Help them, Lord, be who God has called them to be. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, that you're going to raise up a standard and bring forth many, many, many pastors that's able to lead the flock. We pray, God, that you bless many households. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on InTheBible.com, where we tell everyone the truth about God's Word. Until next time, study to show thyself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. For questions or comments, or to be a guest on InTheBible.com, please send your request to questions at InTheBible.com. Once again, we thank you for listening to our show.